Hello, this is Favor. You are welcome to this episode of God's Will is Prosperity. In 2019, the total world wealth grew to 360.6 trillion US dollars, which amounts to 2.6% increase over the previous year. This growth exceeded that of the population. In spite of this increase, majority of the population are poor, needy, homeless, and lacking the basic good things of life. Many blame God for their poverty and lack. Some blame the government on lack of education, their family background, and the list of blame goes on. The question you need to ask yourself, does God want people to suffer? Is he doing this to punish mankind for their sins? No. Capital, no. In fact, God delights in our prosperity. The book of Psalm, in Psalm 35, clearly stated that he delights in the prosperity of his people. Why are so many Christians poor? Why are people thinking that prosperity is not for God's people or that it is worldly? It is absolutely a misconception. God has given us all things to enjoy. Follow me as we continue in this broadcast. First of all, I want us to define what prosperity is. According to God's word, what is true prosperity? Prosperity is God's idea and it is his will for his children. We must not think of prosperity the way the world thought. To the world, prosperity means accumulation of money and all that money can buy. And the increase in political power and positions. But true prosperity is allowing God's ability and power to flow through you to meet the needs of mankind, regardless of what those needs may be, be it spiritually, emotionally, mentally, relationally, financially, etc. It is living in the full understanding and manifestation of the blessing God pronounced on man at creation in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28. In the beginning, God placed everything that man could use and enjoy in the Garden of Eden. God saw that Adam lacked no good thing. He has companionship, ability, abundance, and a kingdom. He told Adam to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. That means using all his vast resources in the service of God and man. That's the Amplified Classic version. And for man to have dominion over every living creature. Adam was the master of the garden and God was the master of Adam. Everything was good until that fatal day when he committed high treason against God. In Genesis chapter 3. 
Adam was fully aware of the consequence before it partook of the fruit and made himself and his descendant servants of Satan, God's enemy. Adam died spiritually as the nature of Satan took over his once righteous spirit. He became a sinner. He became one with Satan. He was created a living soul, but he went from life to death and lived under the dominion of Satan and his demons, whom he sold out to. Adam gave his kingdom to his new master, Satan, who is cruel and merciless. Adam's children by natural birth, all mankind, will be born after his new dead nature, after Satan's nature. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 said, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Adam and his generations have to live under the curse of his new God. He and Eve were driven out of the garden of abundance. God's will was for Adam to live in prosperity. But by Adam's own choice, the lordship of Satan engulfed man in a curse that resulted in poverty and lack. The first thing that sin brought to them was nakedness. They discovered their nakedness. Sin removed the glory from them, which is a symbol of poverty. Nakedness is a symbol of no poverty and lack. They were driven out of a beautiful place to a place of toiling and hardship. You will find that in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 7, verse 22 to 23. They were driven out of the Garden of Eden. Even after that, God offers a plan of salvation for mankind. He has continually provided deliverance for man and freedom from the cause of poverty. Plan to restore the blessing on all mankind by God Almighty. God in his mercy found a man named Abraham whose name he later changed to Abraham to make a covenant with in order for the blessing to be restored. In Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 to 3 God called Abraham and pronounced a blessing on him and in Genesis chapter 17 verse 1 to 9 he restored the blessing that he placed on mankind through Adam, through Abraham. Through Abraham's seed, Jesus, the blessing was restored to mankind, but only to those who return back to God through Jesus Christ. Money is just one aspect of prosperity, and that is what we are going to be looking at I'm talking about in this episode. Many Christians have misconception about money. They quote scriptures such as 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 9 to 10. 
The amplified version rendered it well. He said, but those who crave to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish, useless, godless, and hurtful desires that plunge man into ruin and deception and destruction and miserable perishings. For the love of money is a root of all evils. It is through this craving that some have been led astray and have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves through with many acute mental pangs. This is the best rendering I've seen in the scriptures, the amplified classic version. God told us who to love in his word. It is the love of money that makes people to be destroyed. It is the love of money, the cravings for money that make people to pierce themselves with many acute mental pangs and lead them to destruction. God said in his word, we should love him with our spirit, with our soul, and with our body, which is our strength and might. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 27, God has answered that question for us. And in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, he said we should seek him above all things. We should seek him first. You will not need to seek after money when you seek God first and his righteousness. His way of doing things and being right. Number two, God commanded us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And number three, we are to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Number four, you are to commanded to love your enemies. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 27 to 35. So God has clearly stated who to love. Money was not among. Money is a servant. It is not the root of evil. It is the craving and the greed for money and riches that drive men and women to do all sorts of ungodly things. To be financially rich as a Christian, it is a responsibility now. A big responsibility. As a Christian, God has destined you to be rich. You have been blessed that is the reason why Jesus came. That was why he died for you. He took your place. The believer who cares about the eternal destiny of others, to them, money matters. You are not just going to have enough for yourself, but you will have more than enough for others. For for those who think that money does not matter, money will not keep you from going to heaven. After all, Lazarus died. He died poor and went to heaven. Abraham died. He died rich, very rich, and went to heaven. 
Your poverty will not keep you from going to heaven, but it may keep others from going. In Zechariah chapter 1 and verse 17, God said, My city's true prosperity shall yet be spread abroad. Money is important to preach the gospel, to take it to places where you will not be able to reach, to send missionaries to mission, to support the printing of the Bibles and other gospel materials, such as the Rhapsody of Realities, which has been printed and translated to over 3,000 languages in the world and distributed freely to over 5 billion people around the world. As the coming of the Lord draws closer, there are still many people that need to hear the gospel. There are still many nations where the Bible is not allowed to enter. These materials can enter into these nations in their languages. Missionaries can be sent to these nations, even from among the people there, as sponsors. If your money goes for you, it is you that went. Think about this. There are many rich people in the world. They use their money to sponsor terrorism and so many satanic ideas. Yet some Christians will complain when they hear that some others give to the church. Another reason that money matters is that we as Christians have been authorized to reign on the earth by Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Proverbs 22 verse 7 says that the rich ruleth over the poor and the borrower is a servant to the lender. How can you reign in your nation, in your city, in your town, or even in your family, in your community, if you are poor? The voice of a poor man is not heard, even if he is wise. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 15 to 16 paraphrase. The next thing why money matters is that God wants you to be rich and to enjoy life. John chapter 10 verse 10, the Amplified Version. Third John verse 2. Look at it this way. How can God, your Father, who loves us so much, live in a beautiful place in heaven and want his children to live in a shack or to barely even have what to eat? It is an error for princes to walk as servants on foot. And the servants to ride on horses. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verses 6-7. to Another reason why God wants us to prosper is so we can have to give to the poor. To be a blessing. Christians are not to be poor. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17. As you reach out to the poor in the world, they come back and give thanks to your God on your behalf. Thus they give thanks to God. Is bringing praises to him. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and from verses 8 to 13, our giving causes others to give thanks to God. Reaching out to the poor is what we are called to do. Giving to those in need. God has blessed you so that you can be a blessing. If you are a seed of Abraham, 
this is your calling and this is your ministry. Psalm 112, this is the picture of a born-again Christian. The one who uses money to serve God and humanity. This man is blessed because he gives to the poor. Last but not the least, poverty is a cause. As we have earlier seen, after man disobeyed and submits to Satan, the cause was described in detail in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15 to 68. It includes sickness, diseases, tragedy, misfortune, poverty, and lack. But you don't have to tolerate that because the price has been paid on your behalf. Christ has purchased our freedom from the curse. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 to 14. He has purchased our freedom. He has purchased your freedom. Not only that, he has engrafted us into the blessing of Abraham. We have been blessed with the blessed Abraham. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. This scripture always makes me to shout that Jesus Christ became poor for us to be rich. The same way he became sin for us to be righteous. He became poor for us to be rich. He, 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 he was our substitute. Therefore, you are not to be poor anymore. Poverty is inconsistent with your nature as a born-again Christian. Why do Christians receive the righteousness of Jesus but rejected riches? They rejected his prosperity. It is ignorant. Wake up. It is time. It is time for you to wake up to reality and take what is yours. Satan has deceived so many Christians for so long. They are like the traveler who didn't know that his meal ticket was included in the traveling fare, in the ticket fare. So he refused to go to the canteen and refused to accept the food served in the plane. Almost all through the journey, until a concerned fellow traveler asked him why hasn't been coming to the canteen. He said he didn't have extra money for the meal. Some of them laughed him to scorn. Others pitied him. The traveler, the fellow traveler told him that his meal ticket has been paid together with his traveling ticket. He has starved for months in the voyage. Not eating good food, but biscuits. Crackers biscuits. When he heard that, he rushed to the canteen. He ate as much, as much, as much, and he was eating until he overfilled. He kept eating all the ones he has missed. Dear children of God, even if you are just hearing this, it is not too late for you to accept the provision of Jesus Christ. We are going to be talking more about how you can assess 
this prosperity. True prosperity is in Christ. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he had no sorrow to it. That is why we call it true prosperity because it is not meant to destroy you. It is not meant to destroy you at all. You are that Psalm 112 man and woman. God bless you. I pray this prayer for you that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, will enlighten you, cause you to be illuminated so that you know the hope of his calling in your life and enjoy all the benefits and your inheritance in Christ Jesus all throughout your days on earth. And at the end, you will not miss the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. I love you. Jesus love you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want to thank everyone that have been listening to my podcast. And I pray that the Lord will continue to open your heart and grant you revelation, knowledge, and understanding, even as you listen more and more. In the name of Jesus Christ. Today we shall be looking at the laws of prosperity. According to the word of the Lord, told John and verse 2. He said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. As we have established before, that it is the will of God for us to prosper. Therefore, how do we prosper? What are the laws that govern prosperity? Prosperity is good. And we have also established that financial prosperity is the lowest form of prosperity that are available. There are other forms of prosperity. The first and foremost is a spiritual prosperity, which is being born again. When you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you become a new creature. You become a new person, a new species, a member of the family of God. Hallelujah. The Bible said Christ in you is the hope of glory. And if any man be in Christ, it's a new creature. It's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It means you become like God. As he is, so are we in this world. It can only happen to a believer in Christ Jesus. So spiritual prosperity is being born again. Being born again, receiving eternal life in our inner man hallelujah the second prosperity is the prosperity of our soul the prosperity of our soul is what will be dwelling in mostly this time around let me talk first of all about the prosperity of our body the physical prosperity that is working in divine health working in divine health a situation where you are not even sick there is no symptoms of sickness in your body. You don't even feel any pain or ache. The symptoms are not there. You live for years. You don't even know what headache is all about. This is where God wants us to dwell. Not that we'll be looking for healing 
or medicine today, injection tomorrow, or someone to pray for us for our healing next tomorrow. Dr. Kenneth E. Egin, senior of the Blessed Memory, at a time said, for over 60 years, you never know what Eldick feel like. This was someone who was healed miraculously of a heart disease. And after his healing, he took hold of the eternal life and began to declare it upon himself. And symptoms of sickness and disease never even appear into his body. This is the life that God wants us to live. Because Jesus paid the price for our total health, not for us to have sickness and be looking for healing. Healing is for children. When you are still a baby in Christ, you might be looking for healing. But at the time, God wants you to grow and see that he has made provision for you to live in total health. Hallelujah. So we are to live in total health. This is what Jesus purchased for us. He died for us so that we can live in divine health. Divine health is our heritage as children of God. Hallelujah. So if you have not been enjoying divine health, I pray for you today. That from henceforth, the last pain you have is the last you ever have in Jesus' name. I decree and declare that any symptoms of sickness or diseases that is in your body, whatever the doctor said they have found, I command that thing to dissolve and dematerialize from your body and get out of your body right now in Jesus' name. I command total health into your body. Begin to enjoy that eternal life, that life of God that he has given to you as a child of God. And if you are, you are not a child of God yet and you are listening to this podcast, this is the time, this is the hour for you to give your life to Christ. The Bible said, except a man be born again, he cannot even see the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God brings to us joy and health, righteousness. It brings to us all good things, so many good things with it. It is a life that is God's life, the way God lives. Can God be sick? Can God have malaria? Can of God have cancer? Whatever God cannot have. If you have the life of God in you, you as a child of God, you are not permitted to have it. It's not, pos- it's not supposed to be your portion. You are not supposed to allow it into your body. But ignorance has made a lot of people to suffer unknowingly. Praise the Lord. Then we'll talk about financial prosperity which includes, it is also the physical prosperity, part of the physical prosperity. It is having financial and political favor. But this is where majority of human beings dwell on. Once they have money, they think they have it all. Until maybe a kind of sickness come upon them, and then the whole money is spent on that sickness or until a calamity hits them and then all the money they have saved and heaped up is spent on court case or on solving that problem that is when they now know that money does not answer everything in life money cannot buy debt so you see a man who is a billionaire and then is hit with cancer and then the man is looking for whoever will heal him of that cancer spend all his money, sell every all his estates, sell his companies because he's looking for health. He wants to live. But when you are in Christ, all the price has been paid. You are to live in health 
and also enjoy financial favor and political favor. Hallelujah. Now we prosper according to the level of the prosperity of our soul. That scripture said the prosperity of our soul is what determines the prosperity of our body and our financial prosperity. How do we prosper in our soul? Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. The scripture said that we should renew our mind with the word of God. We should be transformed by the renew of our mind. I'm paraphrasing that scripture, but let us look at it and read it. He said, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renew of your mind, that you may prove that what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be transformed by the renew of your mind. The soul cannot truly prosper without the word of God. It is the word of God that we use to transform our mind. The soul there, the Bible interchange soul for mind sometimes. So it's talk about the, the mindset. Money in the hand of a man or woman with a wrong mindset will become too dangerous in the society. Such men or women can begin to use that money to do drug, to drink alcohol, to promote illegal things all over the nation and all over the world. Money in the hand of a man or a woman with a wrong mindset is dangerous. Just like a gun in the hand of an arm robber is dangerous. But a gun in the hand of a military personnel, a security personnel, is for good, it is to protect. When money is in the hand of someone who has a wrong mindset in life, that person is going somewhere to destruction. So we need to renew our mind with the word of God. The Bible said, as a man thinks, so he is. As a man thinks, so he is. When your mind is in control by the word of God, when it is under control of the word of God, you will be able to channel the money that comes to you in the proper direction, in the proper way. Science tells us that natural man functions about 12.15% of his mental ability. So if this is so, as a child of God, with the mind of Christ, the Bible said in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, that we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. So if we have the mind of Christ, it means that there is no limit to our ability, our mental ability. It does not have any limit at all, at all. Our mental ability has no limit. So we have to develop it and transform it by the word of God. Consistently reading the word, meditating on the word of God, speaking the word of God, transform your mind. Studying the word, meditating on the word, 
and speaking the word transformed your mind. It brings transformation onto your mind. And that transformation affects your entire being. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. It affects every area of your life. When you subject your life to the word of God, operating according to the dictates of the word of God, then divine prosperity becomes yours. It begins to manifest in your life. I want to encourage you today to make the word of God first place in your life. John chapter 14 and verse 21. Jesus Christ said, If a man will put God's word first place and be ruled by it, he said, He will manifest himself to him. When you love him, and keep his commandment. That is the word of God. He said he will manifest himself to you. When God manifests himself to you, you will carry his manifest presence everywhere you go. You are unstoppable. You become unstoppable in all areas of your life. When you carry the manifest presence of God, you carry the favor of God. Whatever cannot stop God cannot stop you. That is why you need to subject yourself under the control of the word of God. God will meet your needs, not according to the world standard or the world system, but according to heaven's system. Philippians 5, 4 and verse 19. Say, my God shall supply all your needs. All. All your needs. Not only financial needs. All your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. This is what happens when you carry the manifest presence of God. Satan will no longer be able to do whatever he likes in your life. When you position yourself to receive from God, you open the door to divine prosperity in your life. And like in our past episode, we have uh, one of our episodes in the past, we have defined divine prosperity as the ability to use the power of God to meet every need of mankind. To meet every need of mankind. Using the power of God to meet every need of mankind. So when you make the word of God first place in your life, when you give it first priority and subject your mind to the word of God, your mind will continue to be enlarged. And the word of God will continue to transform your life. As it is transforming your life, then you begin to walk in divine prosperity, which is all around prosperity, all around, not just financial. All your needs will be met supernaturally by the God who will manifest himself in your life. I hope you know that God's general presence is different from his manifest presence in the life, in the life of a man. When God manifests himself, his glory is seen in your life. You become unstoppable. You become unmolestable. Nothing in this world can stop you because whatever cannot stop God cannot stop you. He will go before you and he will be behind you. It is different from the general presence of God in the life of people or in the church. I believe God has spoken to us this morning and as you listen, to this podcast over and over again the wisdom of God 
will come upon you afresh in Jesus' name. Your mind will be enlightened and you'll be transformed in the name of Jesus. Grace to be a doer of the world. May it be released upon you and be imparted upon you today in Jesus' name. That grace to seek the, the word of God, to seek the kingdom of God and make it your priority. May it be released upon you in the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Shalom.